Hi everyone. Welcome back to Astrology and You. It's been a it's been a moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it always is so busy around eclipse season. So Alice and I have just been finding some time to like carve out for some projects we have coming your way. Yeah, and we had to do this podcast episode because of eclipse season, because it's just so fun to talk about eclipses. They're one of my favorite things to um, utilize in astrology. Mm, Yeah, and they're so literal, like they bring a lot of change and transformation into your life. So we're going to get into the eclipses for this season and kind of give you a look at what you can expect. Yeah. But first let's talk about what's happened in Scorpio season. Like this has been kind of an intense Scorpio season with all this action going on across Scorpio, um, with that new moon in Scorpio, Mars in Scorpio, Uranus in Taurus, Saturn in Aquarius. Maxine, I would say you have had the most major Scorpio season. Do you want to say what happened to you? <laughs> yes. Um, so Nick and I are engaged. I'm so happy. <laughs> I cannot believe you guys finally got engaged. I was like, <laughs> I had been waiting for this. I feel like since last year, honestly, I thought it was going to happen in 2019 when Jupiter went into your seventh house. Mm. But then when it didn't happen, then I was like, eclipses and Sagittarius yes. are going to trigger that. Yes, because it's my seventh house, which literally is the house of marriage. So this is an example of how important eclipses are. <laughs> yeah, like they bring something so significant. And they're shifting yeah. to Taurus, Scorpio, which we'll talk about. And like, those are your two major signs. Like your sun is Taurus, your moon is Scorpio. Yeah, and Nick's moon is Taurus. So it's kind of like both of us will be feeling like big shifts. Um, but yeah, and it's just interesting too, cause like what you were saying, I almost feel like we, we've been together if you don't know, and you're listening, um, for seven years. So it was just, it, I almost feel like we are married already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know same. I mean? So it was like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's beautiful though. I'm excited. Oh my God. I cannot wait to attend <laughs> the wedding. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to do a future episode on like why Maxine got engaged when she did and kind of how you can also know when relationship timing might happen for you. So definitely watch out for that in the coming weeks. I mean, I like the astrology of it is just so beautiful. Like for when people do get engaged or take some type of like another step in their relationship. So yeah, like we're so excited to share that one with you too. Yes. Um, Yeah. So what else has been happening in Scorpio season? I just feel like it's been like very, um, I just feel like I've had a lot of pressure mm-hmm. on myself to really like get things done. It's, oh, yeah. it's like normally I'll like put things off or procrastinate a lot, but these squares with Saturn, like first it was the first week of November, it was like the sun square Saturn. Now it's this week it's Mars and Mercury square Saturn. It's like, you cannot avoid these responsibilities anymore. Like you've got to do it. And that's like why I love Saturn. Like Sometimes people are like, why is Saturn your favorite planet? But it literally gets you to face the parts of yourself and the responsibilities you always avoid during the rest of your life. Could not have said it better. Yeah, I definitely like have a love-hate relationship. (laughs) (laughs) But it is true. Like you really can get so much done and it just asks you, it like puts the pressure that you need to be like, okay, like I want to level up. I want to like really get this going. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you are, I mean, Maxine and I are feeling this one a lot because we're both fixed signs. Like she's your Taurus. I'm Aquarius. Um, and so if you are a fixed sign listening to this, so Aquarius, Leo, Taurus, Scorpio, you're probably feeling a similar energy where there's like, just like a lot of pressure and like responsibility building on you. And you're really having to figure out like, what do I want in the long term? What do I want to be working towards? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's from Scorpio season. And also there's just a lot of tension for fixed signs generally (laughs) right now Mm -hmm. with this like T-square aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With Uranus and Saturn both at a square with each other and then Scorpio triggering it. Um, It's a lot. It's a lot of energy. (laughs) It really, really is. So just like, I think it's also a really great time to allow yourself to be like, okay, what is it that I really want to get done? Like kind of reflecting on more long-term goals too. Cause that can be kind of, I don't know, a great catalyst for transformation of like, okay, we're going to really lean into this and face our fears Mm -hmm, here. mm -hmm. And what's interesting is this is like the third time this year, Mars and I guess also the sun have been in fixed signs Mm, triggering the Saturn Uranus configuration. Like the first was, I feel like Mars and Taurus at the very start of the year. So like January and I think most of February, that was also kind of an intense period like this where there was a lot of like, put your head down, do the work, um, get serious about something and maybe feeling a little overwhelmed. And then that happened again in the summer, um, in June, July, when Mars was in Leo and the sun also was in Leo shortly after. And now we're in Scorpio season. So it's just like been repeatedly, like there's been, increments throughout the year where you may have I don't know noticing similar themes coming up but also learning how to deal with it better as the year goes on and you keep getting faced again with similar things Mm. yeah and Alice you probably have been feeling it's so big with your Leo rising oh my god (laughs) (laughs) like can Saturn just go back into Capricorn yeah (laughs) Um, but yeah, so that's like a little taste of what kind of has been going on in the transits and partially why we haven't done a podcast episode regularly. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to try to get back on board with that. Um, in, yeah. So if you are having like a hard November and life is like really stressful right now, definitely expect it to ease up a little once we get further into December, I'd say like after mid December, you're in the clear a little for at least a month or two. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, okay, but let's let's dive into the eclipses. Yes. Um, so first, we want to start off with like what you can expect with an eclipse and why there is so much hype with astrologers and the astrology community around like when it is eclipse season. And yeah, so do you want to kick off like what what you can what happens usually? Yeah. So basically, like to back it up, like what even is an eclipse? It's basically a supercharged full moon, a supercharged new moon. They usually tend to come in pairs like with like every six months or so, like just generally speaking, and they bring a ton of change into your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can see where the eclipses are by looking at where the transit nodes are. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you can locate in a transit chart where the north and south nodes currently are, they're always opposite one another in a set of signs. And that's where you know the eclipse, what signs and seasons to expect the eclipses to happen to over a course of two years. 
Yeah, and that's really important to note is just that when there are eclipses, they kind of come in cycles and waves. So like we're just coming out of the Gemini Sagittarius eclipses and we're moving into the Taurus Scorpio. Yeah, so we'll talk about that transition a little. Um, But yeah, so we have, I mean, coming up November 19th, So a few days after this podcast is released, there's going to be that first lunar eclipse in Taurus. And then a couple weeks later, we're going to get a solar eclipse in Sagittarius. And that'll be the final eclipse in that Sagittarius-Gemini cycle that's been going on since summer of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I guess when you're thinking about these eclipses, it's important. We wanted just to make sure you're knowing that like looking at your birth chart, everyone will expect some change into their life. Like it's a time of transition, but how you will affect it is going to be different based on your chart and what houses those eclipses are lighting up. Yeah. So it's important to like locate, I guess, the houses that contain Gemini Sagittarius and then moving forward Taurus Scorpio. That's where you're experiencing change. Um, And we have a workshop that we've come out with, well, actually an eclipse masterclass. So go to the show notes. And if you want to learn more about how to locate it in your exact chart, we've offer a whole class on that. Yes. Like Alice and I get asked a lot about eclipses and we love them because it's kind of something that has a lot of hype around it, but for good reason. <laughs> yeah. So going back to like what you can expect with an eclipse, like, like Maxine said, change. Oftentimes there's change with work. Um, and again, this depends on where it's falling in your exact chart. So career changes happening, whether that's unanticipated or something you've wanted to happen for a while. Um, also relationship changes. So that could signal like the end of a relationship or something really significant happening. Like Maxine, like getting engaged, um, getting married, having a child together, also moving homes, but like kind of like a very significant move where it's like, this is a big step. Like I'm moving to a new state. I'm moving in alone by myself for the first time. I'm moving in with a significant other. Um, and maybe also changes happening to the family. So more significant change overall happening with solar and lunar eclipses. Yeah. And especially so if like you have maybe planets or your rising sign in the signs mentioned for that eclipse. So like for the previous Sagittarius Gemini eclipses, I'm a Gemini rising. Those affected me more. Yeah, and I've noticed like everyone that's had like more attention on them in the past year or more like career success or just major life developments have had either like Gemini or Sag rising or Gemini or Sagittarius like sun or moon. Like Mm. every, it's so funny. I watch Love Island. Like that's my reality (laughs) go-to show. And they'll talk about like what signs they are. And this year they were all like Sagittarius, Gemini. And I was like, makes sense why you're on a reality show because there's eclipses happening in your sign. So you're getting like way more attention than you normally would. Oh, that's so interesting. And also, Mm -hmm. I'm surprised Love Island hasn't come up yet in our podcast. (laughs) I know, me too. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that's just something to note. Like those eclipses, um, like Alice was saying, they do tend to bring bigger, more dramatic change, like kind of sometimes more obvious, especially if they're in your first house or seventh house. Or also, I mean, like all the houses can be affected, but definitely first and seventh are big ones. Yep, first and seventh and fourth and tenth. Yeah. Those are huge to watch. Um, so yeah, so that would be like if we're looking back at like the eclipses that just ended. If you're Gemini, 
rising, Sagittarius rising, Pisces rising, or Virgo rising, you guys had the most kind of obvious changes happening in your life where what we're about to head into a Taurus Scorpio, it'll be the fixed rising. So Leo, Aquarius, Scorpio, Taurus risings, you guys are about to get like the most kind of change and development happening. Yeah. So this is why like Alice is excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm like ready. Wait, so this is good because it's a contrast because we're just coming out of yours and now we're going to go into my stuff. Um, yeah. But do you want to like look back at what has happened for us with Gemini Sagittarius eclipses so people can get a better idea of like, I don't totally. know, more relatable change that yeah. could happen to them? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's, let's start with the Sagittarius eclipse. So that one is the Sagittarius solar eclipse on December 4th. And for this one, like Alice already mentioned, if you think back to specifically July, 2020, but you may have even felt it around just that time frame. Um, it, th- that the was first one was yeah. actually June 5th, 2020. Was it June? Okay. Yeah. It was a so the first Sagittarius eclipse was a lunar eclipse in Sag, June 5th, 2020. Okay, yeah. Then we fast forwarded, we closed out the Cancer Capricorn ones in July. So maybe that's what you're thinking about. Um, and then we moved on to the first Gemini lunar eclipse on November 30th, 2020. And then the second Sagittarius eclipse, that was a solar eclipse in Sagittarius on December 14th, 2020. And then Fast forward to summer 2021, um, there were another pair of Gemini and Sag eclipses, and now we're finally wrapping it up with this final solar eclipse in Sagittarius on December 4th. Okay, so now (laughs) we have the dates correctly. Yeah, we have Um, all the dates. So if you look at those times of the year, like Gemini and Sagittarius for the last like couple years or so, reflect on maybe what maybe more major happened for you during those times. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like I guess for me, the big changes that have happened, if I think back to July or June, I keep saying July, but (laughs) basically summer 2020 till now, I think a huge development has just been in all of my relationships, like family relationships, Mm -hmm. my relationship with Nick, my relationship with friends, like I mean all aspects of it and especially like rooted in changes like within like relationship with myself. Um so like yeah, because you yeah, because the eclipses were in your first and seventh house with the Gemini rising. Yes, so I've had like for example, obviously we mentioned Nick and I got engaged, um, and then also though, there's like we've moved homes, we've spent like tons of time together, obviously because of like COVID <laughs> being spending mm-hmm, mm-hmm. together. But I think also like a big thing has been looking at my relationships and making sure the people in my life are really like adding value to it or at least not putting me down. So like Mm -hmm. kind of letting go of old patterns there of like kind of holding on to relationships sometimes that weren't helping me, weren't serving me and like Mm -hmm. were actually like really bringing me down. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. And also I feel like you've become more comfortable in like sharing more about yourself um, yeah. <laughs> through like True. social media and this podcast and you came into like an entirely new career path with those Gemini eclipses. So like when there are eclipses that are in your rising sign, they'll automatically be in the seventh house and the first house at the same time. That just is like major life developments in all areas, but especially like with your, the relationship you have with yourself and your relationship with close one-on-one people. Yeah. And I think like just the last thing that you just brought up, I wanted to add to that is like 
because they have been in my first house, I think it was very dramatic shifts and changes. So it wasn't just that like, I don't know, I transitioned in a job. It was like one day I literally was at my job and I was like, I cannot do this anymore. Like I want to do this astrology thing full time. That's where my heart is. So it's kind of like leaps of faith, I would say, too, if you are a Gemini rising, Sag rising, probably felt that too. Yeah, that's good. Something to note just for eclipses in general is that it's like kind of quick decisions or just like yeah. it. if there's been something that's like brewing underneath the surface and you haven't really known what to do about it, um, eclipses can trigger like immediate change. Mm. Yeah, there was actually when I quit, it was around an eclipse. And Mm -hmm. I remember Mm -hmm. just being like, there was so much pressure on me from like outside forces where I was like, oh, I cannot do this anymore. It's not good for my mental well-being. Mm -hmm. I love that. But what happened Um, to you, Alice? (laughs) Mine weren't so like major because they weren't in an angular house like the first and seventh like yours were, but they were fifth, 11th house. Um, And if you're a Leo rising listening, that would be you too. Uh, But with the fifth and 11th, I would say, well, fifth house eclipses often bring romance and dating. And I got into a relationship. So that was really significant. (laughs) Yes. Um, So fifth house does tend to bring love life experiences and love life developments. Um, And then with the 11th house eclipses, though, I had so many friendship changes. And not only like changing who I'm friends with, but my friends going through changes themselves. Like you, for instance, you moved away. I had about 10 to 12 friends move away from New York. So I'm left like, who are my friends now? Um, Yeah. And I also feel like that has to do with the fact that these eclipses were mutable signs. Like Gemini Sagittarius, it can be kind of like not really stable and not really knowing what's going on or not being a lot of commitment. So with it in the friendship sector it was very like um changeable who I was hanging out with or like not really knowing exactly who my friends were for the past like year year and a half Mm, yeah that's so interesting because that had been on your mind you're like okay yeah I want to like make sure I have other friendships or like developing them more and it was crazy because before these eclipses started I was like I'm gonna make so many friends I'm gonna have have a huge friend group and it kind of ended up having happening differently than I had anticipated it was more like being anxious and emotional about not having enough friends like that's what I felt like for about a year did it help you kind of realize what who your good good friends are though or like kind of like wanting quality yeah quantity that is so true like anyone that was kind of a more superficial friend or just like a acquaintance got washed out like I just mm. don't even talk to those people anymore so a lot of people I was friends with in 2019 before these eclipses started is no longer like prominent in my life anymore mm, that's so interesting and I feel like also too for you with a fifth house eclipse sometimes that brings change of like wanting to have like more joy and fun and like playfulness in your life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. Like, I feel, I mean, although work has been stressful with the Saturn transits I've been getting at the same time, I also feel like yeah, it that. wasn't as bad as maybe 2018, 2019 were worth work. Like, there was more free time to explore, like, dating and, like, having a relationship for the first time and um, also other hobbies. And you took off from readings, too. So I feel like you were trying to find more balance. Yeah, that's so true. Like, um not learning not to stress myself out so much 
Yeah. But I remember this same thing happened the last time the Gemini Sagittarius eclipses happened, which was like 2011 into 2012. Like I felt like I got to college and did not have friends. So it was like very similar feelings to how I felt back then. Mm, that's so interesting. Yeah, I, those last Gemini Sagittarius back then were really challenging for me too. So also I think that's a good point if you're listening and you're like, Back in 2010, 2013, like that time frame, if that wasn't super fun for you when the last Sag eclipse and Geminis were there, um, when the last Sagittarius Gemini eclipse was there, just like knowing that like it doesn't repeat the patterns necessarily that you had the last time these eclipses took place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely easier to handle this time around, but I noticed so many um, similarities. Like back then it was more like trying to fit in with a sorority and not having that work out at all and just being left feeling like like thrown back on my own self. Mm. But I also feel like sometimes you pick up where you left off almost, like the wisdom there. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why yeah. it was also easier. That's interesting. Yeah, so I'm kind of, I've noticed as they get closer to Taurus Scorpio and we were having that first Taurus eclipse in a couple of days, um, I am noticing like all these friendships come back into my life and suddenly everyone wants to hang out with me again. And I'm like, where were you guys for the last year and a half? Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. It's like, hello. Yeah. Um, But yeah. And then maybe to move on to the Taurus lunar eclipse that's coming up. Yeah. So I guess, wait, just like one final point to wrap up. So oh yeah, yeah we t- touched upon themes of Sagittarius Gemini eclipses, but yeah, watch out for that December 4th final solar eclipse in Sag, because sometimes with eclipses, the most significant thing happens the last one. Okay. Um, yeah. So, that's a good point to bring up. Or you may notice like if you're reflecting back to June, 2020, how has something that started to become in your mind or you became more kind of, um, I don't know, became more of a theme around that time. How is that finally getting wrapped up or you're noticing all this progress being made with that final solar eclipse in Sag? Yeah, that is such a beautiful way of wrapping it up. Yeah, it's kind of like the last one. I always kind of think of it as like the capstone, like something you've been working on and working towards. Like now you finally get to like kind of reap the rewards of that or kind of see what what lessons you've gained from those eclipses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Um, Okay, yeah. So moving on to kind of what to expect with Taurus Scorpio eclipses, um, the nodes do move backwards. So if that seems weird that we're like going from Gemini Sag to Taurus Scorpio rather than the other way, um, it's because they move backwards. So eclipses are always going to be in the sign preceding the one they were just in. Yeah, it's exactly like the the nodes are always retrograde, basically. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so with the Taurus Scorpio ones, um, what are you expecting to happen? Yes. Okay, so this is going to be fun because basically when you think back to the last time the eclipses were in Taurus Scorpio, so the final one was in 2014, but it's kind of the time span from 2012 to 2014. You can kind of see like, okay, what themes are coming up then? that will kind of rear its head again now going forward for the next two years through 2023. Yeah, it's so interesting. I'm already starting to see that. Um, Because for me, it was, I guess, I moved to Switzerland, went to college there. And then also what was really significant was starting my website, Stock. And that's still like the name of my website, but I'm changing it 
after this first after this Taurus eclipse and I had started that that website at a Taurus eclipse so like eight years later it's like okay it's time to change it up again like going to entering into a new phase but picking up on the themes that were started at the last one Mm, yes like that's such a good example of a full circle moment and that eclipse in Taurus is in your 10th house of career yeah exactly so it's like a change with what I'm how I'm showing my personality like online and with the public yours is insanely full circle though (laughs) yeah so like back in 2014 was when Nick and I like first got together and then like now full circle moment we're about to have the first eclipse in the Taurus Scorpio again and we're now engaged (laughs) so it's like that last eclipse from the last eclipse cycle in Taurus Scorpio was when we got together and now the first eclipse in Taurus Scorpio is around the time when we are now like engaged that's so crazy I kind of want to do this with like every life event like go back like eight nine years and be like wait how is this connected yes and I feel like too that's like every seven years biologically or all of the cells in your body are new Mm -hmm. relates to me so much to the to the Saturn cycle, but also eclipses of like, okay, you're, Mm -hmm. you're new. Like you're seeing the same themes pop up, but you're from a wiser, higher perspective. You've Mm -hmm. evolved. So like now going back to those themes, what do you want going forward? Like with you, with your business or with me, with my relationship? This goes off on a tangent a little, but I do feel like the Saturn cycle (laughs) is like very in line with the eclipse cycle. Like I feel like those are just like off by a year or so. Um, But I'm noticing as I approach Saturn return, really similar themes to what was happening in at age 21 at the Saturn square. But then that was also the same time the Taurus Scorpio eclipses were going on. So it's like similar transits repeat themselves every like eight years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can't like fully separate them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah. And also I was thinking back to, you mentioned this Alice, but for both of us, I'm wondering if we'll move like, I don't know. I just feel like it'll be a more significant move that happens for me Mm -hmm, and maybe mm -hmm. you as well. Because the last time I ever even went to like crossed an ocean was basically back in 2013 when there was that first eclipse in Taurus or Scorpio. Yeah, that was when we both moved to Switzerland. I am praying for a move. I like (laughs) do not know exactly where I want to end up, but I want to move. And I think it needs to be outside of New York. Like, I think my time here is, like, coming to an end soon. Yes, that's so interesting. I know for me, like, Nick and I moved back in May to Colorado from New York City, and now we're like, okay, it needs to be bigger. (laughs) We need to, like, move further away or something. I don't know, just, like, very Mm -hmm. restless. So I think that'll help us with our moving. (laughs) Yeah, eclipses, when they're on the moon sign, like they are for you, Maxine, and then they're going to be my fourth house. Um, That always is a move, like, there's no fighting it like you're moving homes yes and see this is why it's cool too with compatibility like your moon sign is so important because like Nick and I both have Taurus Scorpio moons so we're Mm -hmm. both in the same boat and even you and Jesse like he Mm -hmm. actually is gonna be feeling that too yeah he's Scorpio moon and I'm Scorpio fourth house so it's like move and home change affects us at the same time I feel like that's one of the most important things in compatibility Definitely. The moon is everything. Yeah. 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 Um, Oh my gosh. So like, where are we here? (laughs) I literally was just going to say, I feel like we've been going off on all these tangents. Okay. So I wanted to talk about like, um, 
kind of what people can expect with Taurus Scorpio eclipses. Like I think I'm having career change and moving as a Leo rising. I think as a Gemini rising, you're also going to have job changes and you're also going to have a focus on health and mental health because they're shifting to your six and 12 houses. Yep. Because I remember the last time they were there, I was not in a good place (laughs) mentally. Mm -hmm. So, but I know that like a lot of transformation happened. So Mm -hmm. This is why it's like a good example of if you think back to those eclipses and they didn't go so well, it's like, okay, well now you are wiser. So you don't have to be super nervous about it. Yeah, I wouldn't be nervous. I mean, they're definitely not the easiest to deal with, but they don't, I don't know. I wouldn't be like scared. Um, Yeah. But yeah, so if you're an air or a fire rising, these Taurus Scorpio eclipses are going to be a lot about career change and changes going on at work, whether that's like starting your own business or getting like a promotion or going to a different career path altogether. And then also simultaneously changes with like mental health and how you're expressing your emotions, how you're like thinking about your emotions and also like accessing um, those hidden parts of yourself and maybe wanting to go to therapy or just do a lot of like improvement and transformation. Yeah. So just generally speaking, like those just if you don't know, fire signs are Leo, Sagittarius, and Aries, and then air signs if you're a Gemini rising, Libra rising, Aquarius rising, that applies to you. Yeah, so I associate yeah these eclipses as career growth and emotional growth um, for you guys. And then if you're a water or earth rising, so that would be Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces rising, or Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn rising, um, it's going to be more of a realizing what relationships are good for you like who you want in your life I do feel like um also travel and learning and leaning into self-expression and just exploring all these interests and like becoming better at certain hobbies or um I don't know certain skills because like it's all about the third and ninth eleventh and fifth and first and seventh house eclipses for you guys um but for Taurus Scorpio rising specifically these are definitely going to be more major for you because it is like going to be in the, these are going to be in the sign of your rising sign. Yes, if you are a Taurus or Scorpio rising, I feel like that'll be a lot about kind of what I mentioned what I went through with these past eclipses, but a lot about self-development and like your relationships and there can be a like just even generally outside of those themes a lot of shifts like Mm-hmm. big things that you've been kind of thinking on and sitting on for a while, taking action. Yeah. And so like going back to just all the earth and water rising signs, I find that like in this eclipse cycle, it's a lot about like figuring out like who you are and like a new level of like what you're interested in, what your hobbies are. Yeah. And then when the eclipses shift to the different set of signs, when they go to Aries Libra, it's really about applying that newfound knowledge of yourself and your interest to making changes at work or your living situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. So those are kind of like the the broad themes. There's like so much <laughs> that we can get into. Mm-hmm. So um, we are going to actually like be doing a masterclass all about the Taurus Scorpio eclipses and what you can expect for this Taurus lunar eclipse on November 19th, but also all the way through 2023. Yeah, so definitely get that class because like Maxine said, it's like for a two-year period. So literally what do you need to be focusing on for the next two years and what can you expect? Um, really helpful. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm super into predictive astrology 
and eclipses are like one of the number one things I look at when just predicting how someone's year is going to go. I'm like, where are the eclipses happening in your chart? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then also too, I think like with the master class itself, we're going to get into like, this is something you'll be able to come back to like again and again for the next two years. And it also will touch on if you have planets in those signs, what does that mean for you? Like, and more in depth with like the specific risings and everything. Yeah. So we put a link to that in the show notes if you do want to purchase it and um, get more insight. Yes. So excited about that. Um, Okay, so that's it for eclipses. Again, Alice and I could talk about this forever, but mm-hmm. um, we're going to end with the Q&A. So we have two questions from our Patreon listeners. Yeah, so the first one um, we have is someone asking, okay, so as far as partner, like checking the astrology of your partner goes, how much stock do you put into monthly predictions? So for example... I love listening to your monthly predictions based on your rising sign. What if your partner's rising sign prediction indicates something negative about your relationship? So this is like common. Like I feel like when I was single, I would always look at the other person's horoscope to be like, are they going to hook up with me this week? (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I wouldn't put too much stock into horoscopes in general. Like I know I write them and we do those monthly ones, but at the end of the day, it's not showing everything that's going on in that person's chart. Um, And also if we're saying, if you do read something negative in a horoscope, there's always different interpretations. So like if, I don't think a horoscope would ever be like, yeah, you're about to break up with someone. But if it does say like, oh, relationship stress is on the horizon this week or this month I mean your partner may feel that but it could also be that um I feel like the flip side to relationship stress is just like learning how to commit more and be a better partner so even if there aren't fights or anything maybe there's just more effort to be put into the relationship Mm. yeah okay so I love that you brought up um like horoscopes genuinely like there's so much that goes into looking at what's happening for that person based on their transits but like the horoscopes kind of like touch on themes that might come up so if it's relationship stress sometimes that's not always a relationship stress like romantically it could also be like oh they're having stressful like they're not getting along with their sibling too it doesn't necessarily mean that it's about you I would say as well yeah that's so true um and like yeah with horoscopes it doesn't take into account like what if someone what if they have like Saturn transiting their seventh house like and they view that as a difficult relationship transit but then also Jupiter is conjunct the person's natal Venus like that's going to be really positive so that transits in that specific person's chart is going to be easier than someone that doesn't have that Jupiter transit to their Venus at the same time so it is all about taking in like other transits to individual planets in that person's chart too rather than just like what the horoscope's telling you. Yeah, like kind of reading horoscopes with a grain of salt. I would say, though, I love reading horoscopes or like I would advise reading horoscopes for your partner or like those close people in your life because sometimes you just can't know what they're going through. Um, Like it's kind of tricky. Like I know I hide my emotions a lot. So like people can't guess what they are. And so it's nice to have someone like if you read a horoscope that says, oh, your partner might be going through some things right now. It's nice to hold the space for them and kind of like plan that out and be more mindful of it and more understanding yeah yeah definitely yeah that's good Mm -hmm. to touch on 
Yeah. And yeah, we do also, just to note, like we have a monthly horoscope episode, which I think this person was referring to. So if you are curious to get that. Yeah, on our Patreon, and we'll link that in the show notes too. Um, Okay, second question. Someone asks, is the part of fortune an important placement? It's not on all astrology charts. Um, The two websites I use do always put the part of fortune in it. So I'm not sure what websites this person's looking at, but use astro.com or astroseek and it should come up. Um, But part of fortune, I only use it for one technique, which is zodiacal releasing, uh, because where the part of fortune is located in the chart is whenever, I don't know, it's kind of complicated, but you need to know where the part of fortune is to (laughs) figure out when. Yeah, it's like, I'm not going to get into (laughs) zodiacal releasing here, but where, what sign the part of fortune is in your chart is important to remember when you're trying to track down peak relationship and career periods. It has nothing to do with transits in this technique, but yeah, that's the only thing I use it for. Mm. Yeah. Like I use it. Um, I always consider it when it depends what question someone would come to me for a reading that I would consider it. But part of fortune, basically it can show you in your birth chart. What does it mean like where might you find greater joy, greater fulfillment, greater success even, like money, fortune, good luck. So people definitely are curious about it naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I mean, I look at it in birth chart reading, specifically if someone's asking like maybe about career or how they can kind of find more fulfillment in their lives. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Like, like Alice, you have yours in Cancer, I believe. Yeah, I have a right? Cancer 12th house. Yeah, I mean, like, that is so telling of how I feel like you're such a person who, like, loves to initiate things or create things from the ground up. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that is a big part of, like, your success. I feel like you're really good at that. Oh, thanks. Um, Also, finding (laughs) finding fulfillment through 12th house themes of, like, spirituality, like, I'm an astrologer. Um, Also, being alone, like, all my greatest moments come when I'm alone for extended periods of time. Yeah, so true. What, so where yeah, is it yours? Definitely can. So mine's in the seventh house in Sagittarius. Mm, that's and... why you have like the best partner ever and you've never had <laughs> relationship trauma. Yeah, this is why I'm not relatable <laughs> when it comes to that. No, but like it really does signify if you have like for my part of fortune, it's like kind of good luck when it does come to more committed relationships. On the flip side of that, it's like less intense relationships even friendships just don't work really Mm -hmm. for me that's interesting um okay so I feel like that answers that and that's all we have for this week yes so this was such a fun episode to record and hopefully you guys got something out of it I know we were very all over the place (laughs) yeah sorry for all the tangents um but yeah hopefully you are interested in getting the eclipse masterclass. if not I hope this gave you like um, kind of like a basic understanding of what to expect over the next couple weeks with all these eclipses coming up. Yes. And eclipse season always is really intense. So just allowing yourself space if you can to like pause and reflect um, on those themes that we did mention for your birth chart. Yes. Okay. See you guys next time. Thank you.